What's up? What's up? What's up? It's your boy Nico. Welcome to the Rumble Reverend Podcast. How you doing today, End Times Church? Today is July 7th. It's a beautiful day here in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, this is a special podcast today. Um, I have my first live person I'm actually going to interview today. And my wife got voluntold to be in my podcast. <laughs> So, welcome, Erin. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Erin Diaz. I am. I was born in 1985 on the Navajo Reservation in Ganado, Arizona. I moved down here shortly after, a few years after I was born, uh, to Phoenix, Arizona. And I grew up in North Phoenix and Sunny Slope area. Cool. All right. Well, where did you go to high school? I went to Washington, uh, somewhere completely different from where I was planning on going, but still good. And what, what year did you graduate? 2003. Where were you in 2003? I was in Korea. Yeah, that was not fun. Anyway, but we're not talking about me today. So, um, uh, here's the plan uh, to my listeners. Me and my wife, we're just I just got some questions for her. You know, we're going to start kind of light, just to kind of, you know, get everybody in. And then, towards the end, we're going to talk, talk about some more deeper things. Uh, but yeah, but, you know, we want to try to, like, break the, um, break the ice, basically. So anyway, let's go ahead and first uh, pray this up. Let me turn the music down just a little bit. All right, dear Heavenly Father, we praise your holy name. We come before you. Uh, we just pray, God, that you give us utterance and that whatever is said here, Lord, that it is what you wanted to say and that we just pray, God, for protection over me and over my wife and over this podcast and over my listeners. Um, please watch over us and please uh, help us and give us ears to hear and eyes to see. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Let me move my phone out the way. So, first question, Mrs. Diaz. Um, if you had a time machine, would you visit the future or would you visit the past? A little bit of both. The past because I would be able to see my grandparents again. Uh, being living off the reservation, I wasn't able to spend a lot of time with them, so that would be good. The future, also because to see what God has in store for me. All right, that's good, that's good. All right, and uh, what's your least favorite food? I cannot stand V8 juice. V8 juice? Okay. Why don't you like V8 juice? 
I had to eat healthy when I was growing up, and that was one of the things that I had almost every day, and I just don't like the consistency. But go figure, I like salsa. I know, that's kind of like a V8, just chunkier, a lot chunkier. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, you're weird. But then again, you told me that your mom would force you to, I mean, it's one thing when you get, when you're not forced to do things, and when you do things willingly, it's another story. Yeah, but she meant, well, I, I see her point of view now being a mom. I, I see it. I mean, I understand, I mean, I, as well, but... but still, as a kid... You wouldn't want to be forced to drink VH yeah, juice. No, but nobody wants to be forced to do anything. No. I mean, I don't like having to wear this stupid mask, but, you know, you can't go into places with without the mask. So, mm-hmm. And I'm working right now, we're doing Uber Eats, and in order to get in these restaurants sometimes, I got to have a mask on. So so what I did was put a bandana on so I could just put it on and off. But now I look like I'm going to go hold up the place. So I got to make sure like, I wear my veteran hat. The other night, we went to Wendy's. <laughs> and, Twice. Oh, man. I don't know what it is about Wendy's, but I'll tell you about the second time because that was the funniest one. So the whole order was just messed up. This dude must have been new. And then at the end, you know, I guess he was trying to make it up. And he's all, hey, would you like a free Frosty for your daughter? And, and I almost thought about it. I'm like, I guess he's talking about my wife because my wife's kind of short, you know. And, um, I'm 4'11". Yeah. And so, and I'm like, but no, you know what? The service has been so bad. Forget the free frosty. And I just, when we left, I told my wife, like, take that as a compliment because he's saying that you look young. So, all right. Praise God for that. Anyway, uh, let's move on. So what always brings a big smile to your face? Our kids, our two kids, uh, Jocelyn and Santino, and also our fur babies. We have four of them. We have uh, the oldest is Olo, and then Angel is our dog, which she's a Chihuahua Jack Russell mix, and she does fit the description of the Jack Russell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot. She does. And the Chihuahua, too. It's yes. weird. It's like God took two bits and pieces from two different dog breeds and put them together. Because she has, like, the really round head like a Chihuahua, but she has a really beady eyes like a like a, like a a Jack. And her ears are big, and if they were down, she'd look like a like a Jack Russell. But they'll go up like a Chihuahua. I don't know. She's a trip, though. But, man, we pray for that dog. We were asking the Lord for a dog that would be perfect for us because mm-hmm. our kids would be really scared, remember? Yeah. They had a big fear of dogs, so we we prayed and we prayed and we finally found a dog. Actually, a co-worker of mine was, uh, he knew of uh, someone who, who wanted to rehome a dog because they were treating the dog poorly. So we took upon our, ourselves to bring the dog home for our kids and... They got along very well with each other. Sure did. I remember that, man. They used to be so... I used to feel so bad for my kids because it was like that terrifying, like, just terror. They would see any kind of dog. They were just terrified. And I just remember we would pray, like, God, you know, the only way this is going to get resolved is they got to face that fear. But we prayed for the perfect dog. Well, we got the perfect dog for us, which ended up being our dog, Angel. You know, she's very, man, I, I think 
I've learned if anything I've learned from that dog how it is to like love unconditionally because out of all of us like that little dog has the biggest heart and she makes us look bad you know and it's like man you know but praise the Lord you know we praise for, we, we thank God for that answer and also the lesson for that we also have our two other our last two pets mm. Duchess and Waka yeah Wakanda yeah, so I got those as a present. Um, I led this dude to the Lord and ministered to him, and uh, his cat had kittens, and he gave me a couple as a, you know, a thank you, you know. And I was like, okay, yeah, we wanted, we were only gonna get one, but we we couldn't decide, and then we felt bad for splitting up the family, so we got two. But it's kind of cool because it's like I picked Wakanda; she's an all-black cat, and she was a scaredy cat. Well, I've just you know, kind of, every time I think about her, her fear, I think about where it says in the Bible, perfect love casts out fear. So I was like, well, if I love her, you know, like, show her affection and be kind and stuff like that, she'll come around. And it worked, you know. And then Duchess, I don't know, you said it was your pick. Tell us why, what, about Duchess, nothing? I guess she's just a feisty burrito. <sighs> That cat, that cat doesn't like to be picked up, and she hisses at me for no reason. But then she'll flip the script, and then she's like totally loving. So it's like, so she has a bunch of nicknames. I know one of them is Judge Judy, um, Spicy Perito, Dutch Chocolate, <laughs> Bunny, Bunny. Because sometimes she's the sweetest, but then man, when she she gets turned, man, she's a different character. Uh, so the next thing here, uh, describe a time that you felt the love of God. I really thought about this question, and I found out just a few years ago. I'm I'm going to be 35 next month, and this year, um, in January, was my 25th anniversary for my liver transplant that I had. Mm-hmm. And my parents, one of my, my dad told me that there was a 50-50 chance that I was going to wake up after my transplant. That's what the doctors told my parents. And I was never told that. And knowing that now as a grown woman I really I realized how much God loves me to wake me up and bless me with so many more years of life yeah praise the Lord that's how I know that he's real Amen. amen that's awesome yeah, uh, my wife had a liver transplant when she was about eight years old, which is part of the reason why she had to move down from the res to Phoenix was because they had there's really no doctors out there, uh, and it's still very much the same. She was born in '85. Here we are, 2020, and the Navajo reservation still doesn't have enough doctors, nurses, hospitals, supplies. I have, I have family, I have friends out there right now that are in this coronavirus pandemic that they don't even have running water. They don't even have access to running water. 
I mean, how can you survive? Yeah. How, how, how can you get through? Yeah, water is life. I mean, without water, plants don't grow, people die. You know, that's we have to have water. And, I mean, they have to go to wells and stuff like that to go, you know, thank God, you know, we, we live here in the city. But, you know, there's people who, you know, they got to fight, you know, every day to, to survive. And how much harder is it now for them uh, on the res, you know, with all these curfews and then all that. But, yeah, so. But anyway, uh, let's go on to our next one right here. This is a good one. What's your favorite Bible verse? And read it out to us. I think for several chapters in your life, you you have several Bible Bible verses that are your favorite. Right now, as a wife and as a mother, you know we have everything going on. We're pretty much the neck mm-hmm. in a person. You know, as as a person's head, as a, as a couple. I may be the head of the household, but my wife's the next. She directs me. Yes. So, with us mothers and wives having a lot to do and a lot on our plates, I you you tend to be anxious. You tend to be tired. You tend to be everything but feel godly. So you need a pick me up, and my pick me up that I remind myself is Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Amen. I can't tell you, there are times where I go into a room, I just feel overwhelmed, and that calms me down. Mm. Praise the Lord. That's how you use spiritual warfare. That's how you use the word. You start taking your focus. Think about think about this. Think about it this way. When Jesus called out Peter to walk on the water, as long as Peter focused on the Lord, he walked on water. But the minute that he took his focus off the Lord, and he started looking at the storm, and he started looking at the waves, he started looking at the wind, he started looking at the darkness, he started looking at the clouds, he began to sink. So, we use the word and use the word of God to keep you focused on the Lord and you will not sink. Amen. So that's Amen. that is, I know I've used this verse many a times when I've been anxious or I've been fearful. Yes. You know, when I need, you know, uh, encouragement. In yes. fact, we prayed that verse right before we recorded this yes, we uh, podcast. So uh, we just we encourage you to memorize verses like this. And yes. definitely Philippians 4, 6 through 7 is definitely a verse that we have seen in our lives manifest itself many many times I know that for me there was a time when I was going through a very hard time and I don't understand how I had peace I don't know it was just I don't understand it it doesn't that's it 
when I should be freaking out, mm-hmm. I have peace. Mm-hmm. And that's the peace that Jesus gives. He doesn't give a peace that surrounds us. It's a peace that originates and starts with us and, and goes out. You know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, hold on. Let me change the song. I don't know why it's playing this. Wait. Oh, this is a good one. Anyway. <laughs> um, anyway, so they have Philippians 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. Very good verse. Among others, but this is the no, jump start. No, that's definitely a good one. Mm-hmm. All right, so the next question here I got for you is, share a good memory from your childhood with your family. My childhood, I really enjoyed Sunday dinners. My mom would always wake up early in the morning before we go to church. She would cram everything in a crock pot and it would cook while we were at church church for a few hours, come home and the house would smell like pot roast mm. with her potatoes, mm-hmm. her carrots, her celery, her onions, and her homemade gravy that mm-hmm. she would make. Yeah. And you would flood that plate with all the gravy to the point where you don't even see any of the food. I can. You're going to do it, do it big. And if you're negative like you, like us, then you'd have to put more salt on mine. <laughs> <laughs> make it more unhealthy, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Dad. Drink your water. So, and that, uh, did that happen every Sunday or just every once in a while? Every Sunday. Very rarely she would miss it. Very rarely. It would be if she was at work or if she forgot. But mom, no, she doesn't forget. She's on top of things. Would you guys watch TV or anything? Or was it just like everybody come to the table and sit down? We would watch TV, but we would... All I remember would just be the food. <laughs> you weren't even thinking about what else. That's kind of weird because you love TV. So that's, I know. It's one of your things. So, uh, all right, so now <clears throat> we're going to kick it up a notch now. So we're going to start talking about some real stuff. I think we got um, we got things going. Let me pray this part up. Father, we just pray, give us utterance, speak to us, and speak through us. And give us ears to hear, eyes to see. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so, well, let me ask you, which one of these you want to go with first? Which one you want to answer first? Okay, number 19. Okay, cool. Here we go. What do you want to say about racism in America? Short and sweet, it needs to stop. It needs to stop so that our kids don't have to keep on reliving what history is. Racism. We live here in Gilbert. And we deal with racism on a daily basis. My husband's not from here. He's from San Diego. I was raised here in Phoenix. And I've seen it all my life. And now he's... He's seeing it. I see it. I've experienced it. And it's sad that now we have... We have to speak about it. It has to be said. It needs to stop. 
there should be no privilege called white privilege. Or black privilege. Or black privilege. Or Latino or Native American. We are all of the same creator. Mm -hmm. We all are from God. Mm-hmm. We all bear his image. Even non-believers, they, they still have the image of God. They bear his image. God, the, the word says that, you know, that the sun uh, shines on the, on the wicked and the righteous and it rains on the wicked and it rains on the, uh, on the righteous too. Well, God blesses and God, you know, punishes. God takes away, God gives, God corrects, God um, shows mercy, you know, and, and he shows it on everybody in different ways. Uh, but yeah, we, there shouldn't, hate is murder. You know, that's, you know, Jesus kicked it up a notch in, in the Beatitudes saying that even if like you just hate a person in your heart, you've already committed murder. It's like you've already killed them. Mm-hmm. So race, being a racist and having racist thoughts and racist feelings is something that should not be said or heard of in a Christian's vocabulary or any or thought process. And if you are dealing with that, because I know that where I have to deal with that from where I grew up, mm-hmm. um, and Aaron too, mm-hmm. you know, and we have to get past over that. You know, every time somebody asks racist, acts racist towards us, you know, it's just like, you know what? That's not, that, that just goes to show their character, not mine. Yes. So for example, yesterday I went to a, pick up an order for somebody. I got ignored. I was like, okay, maybe they're busy. Although the person who was in charge was on their phone the whole time. Um, I think maybe they were having a bad conversation because they were in a bad mood. Instead of saying hi, they just looked me up and down, walked past me, did something, walked past me again. What's the name? You know, what's the name of the order? Said the name, grabbed the bag, said nothing. I was like, dang, man. A white lady, you know. And I told you guys, you know, I, I, I wear a bandana so, and I got a bald head, you know, so I can't help it that I look, you know, like a cholo or something. I embrace my baldness. You know, I'm going bald, so that's why I shave my head. And I wear the bandana because it's easier to get on and off my face. But, you know, I don't want to get judged just because, oh, he looks like a gangbanger. Dude, I'm a veteran and I'm going bald. <laughs> that's why. Don't, don't judge me. Don't judge me too harshly, you know. But anyway... Um, but what about anything else? Any other thoughts about racism in America when anything else you want to share on that? No. Okay. Um, so what do you want to say to the Navajo nation and its president and the people? President of the Navajo nation. I like what you're doing up there. You are ordering lockdowns for our people and keeping them safe. You are doing a lot better job than what I can say Governor Doug Ducey down here is doing. I feel like Governor Doug Ducey is just worried about people who have money than people's lives. Yeah. I understand that he's a businessman, but how can you conduct business 
when you're in hot when you're in a hospital fighting for your life, mm-hmm. or even worse, six feet under. Yeah. Well, be a human and and you know care about other people. Mm-hmm. It's a disgrace that you have to have the virus cases rise so high on a record amount of days, so many days in a row, in order for you to. Uh, mandatory have have people wear masks here in the city. Yeah. I am a high risk person, and I've been fighting for my life since day one. Mm-hmm. I had my first surgery at eight weeks old. Mm-hmm. Eight weeks old. Mm-hmm. I was born with a liver disease called biliary atresia, and doctors up on the Navajo reservation couldn't handle my case because they didn't know what to do so they flew me down here and I've got I've been to all all over the place I've been to Mm -hmm. hospitals in LA Mm -hmm. I've been to hospitals in Tucson and many times hospitals here in Phoenix so I fight for my life every day and for someone who is in a government position Mm -hmm. who has no regards to everyone who he's standing for, I I don't back that up. But mm-hmm. for as a Navajo Nation president who orders lockdowns, trying to protect the people, uh, I'm behind that. Mm-hmm. And I hope you guys stay strong, get close to God, stay in the word. Mm-hmm. Pray, praise him, even in this time that we're going through. Mm-hmm. We're praying for you guys, and I wish that we were up there with you also mm-hmm. to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we're there in spirit for you guys. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, um, I actually got a chance to meet the Navajo president and vice president, and even, I think, Miss Navajo. Earlier this year, uh, they had this, um, oh, I forgot what it was called now. Uh, it feels like forever, but they had this gathering, it was Christian here in Tempe, and they were the first ones to go up, and it was really cool, you know, to, to listen to the Navajo president, and then uh, the vice president, and then they had this really fiery preacher from the Navajo res, you know, and he started preaching, and then he uh, prayed over everybody, and Navajo was awesome. But yeah, um, I know I have, uh, I'm part Native as well, and so I definitely have a soft spot for Native Americans, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, watching what's going on, how um, our governor in Arizona, I mean, I thought he was doing good before, but man, I think he's kind of dropped the ball a bit, uh, yeah. because it seems to me like he's more concerned about businesses than people's yeah. lives. What's the point? Of a business, if there's no customers to come in to buy your product, or to keep or buy your food or whatever, or keep you in business, if there's nobody to do it, I mean. But I also get it on the other hand, like you know, people need to work. They got rent. They got this and that. I understand all that, you know. And uh, and people don't. And some people just don't flat out care. You know, they don't care about their lives or anything. But there's people like me and my wife. I gotta be. I have to take care of myself, even though I am pretty healthy. But she's not. You know, she has a compromised immune system, 
And I know there's some Christians out there who will, who would call me unfaithful, who would say I don't believe, and they would clown on me for wearing a mask. But they don't realize that my wife can die, and if I get sick, and it, and, it, and if I turn around and get her sick, she can die. So you know, um, we got to really think about some of these things. You know, we got to you know quit saying such foolish things because you never know who you're talking about. You know. Um, anyway, um, our next question here, which is, uh, what do you want to tell the world about Jesus Christ and your faith? I would say don't stray from it. And if you do stray from it, get back to it, especially in the times that we're going through right now. There are a lot of teachings that can deceive you. Um, But a teaching that won't deceive you is if you go straight to the book, to the source, the Holy Bible. You don't need YouTube. You don't need... Um, other preachers preaching to you. You don't need to sow any seeds. You don't need to do any works. All you got to do is just have faith in Christ. Amen. That's right. You're absolutely right. Um, One thing I wanted to share is that, you know, we're in the end times. And... We're not, I don't think we're in the tribulation period just yet, but we are definitely, definitely, I think we're past the beginning of birth pains. I think we're in the birth pains and we're getting ready to go into some very um, dark times. Um, We're starting to see, I don't know if anybody else has noticed, but I know I have, some of these restaurants, some of these banks don't have change. They don't have pennies. They don't have quarters. Why? Because... The, the, the U.S. Mint is not making them anymore. Then pretty soon, what's going to follow is your dollar bills, your $5 bills, and your 10s. And then eventually, they're going to go completely cashless. So I know that, for example, I've seen this in my kids, a little bank account thing called Greenlight. Um, they have a thing where they round up their change. Um, and there's talk about you know, it's already in other things. If you round up your change, we'll put it in a savings, you know. Uh, but this can also lead to hyperinflation. You know, instead of paying, you know, four fifty nine for something, uh, we're just going to round it up to four sixty, or we're going to round it up to $5. You know, that's just going to jack up the price on things. So we got to be really careful about that. You know, we got to be in prayer uh, about these things. Um, we got to pray about having faith, you know, it's going to take the Holy Spirit to get through, get us through whatever's coming down. Uh, we need to ask God to help us be prepared, not only physically and, and um, with things, you know, but also that we're ready to persevere and endure whatever's coming. You know, um, it's going to be, the, the, the word says that this time is going to be the best time for us. Uh, we're going to see the, the greatest moves in, of God ever. I mean, you, I mean, just think about it. How many generations of believers have gone before us that 
would love to have seen and understood the things that we get to see and we understand. They don't understand, you know, the, the things that they saw, that, that some of these, these prophets saw. There was too much for them. They were down thousands of years ago, you know. But we get to see it and we understand it. And it's a reality in our life. So it's pretty, it's, I think that's really dope that, you know, we we get to live through that. Is there anything else you want to share about your faith? Like, how did you came to come to faith or, you know, where it all started? I was raised in the... Go ahead. LDS Church. Both of my parents were raised uh, in that teaching. My mom was raised in LDS teaching and also uh, traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would have learned a little more about my traditional ways if I would have lived up there, mm-hmm. you know, during my life instead mm-hmm. of here in the city. Mm-hmm. But um, while going to church, things, I, I just, in my head, it didn't add up mm-hmm. right I started questioning so mm-hmm. um, I started seeking other sources I, f- I fell away from the faith mm-hmm. and then um, I discovered Christianity right and when did that happen seven years ago and how did you find out through you <laughs> okay. I saw the change in you and I saw that, you know, hey, if he could do it, I could do it. That's <laughs> <laughs> what everybody says. If, if, if knuckle-headed Nick can do it, hey, I can do it too. Hey, <laughs> Tell him to be nice to himself. <laughs> I'm just saying. Anyway, you know, I'm an underachiever. What can I say? The underdog. That's all good. The Lord loves an underdog. But yeah, um, so you were saying you were in the LDS church and then um, you learned about Christianity because of, um, the testimony, I guess, that I had. I guess I just, you saw the change, right? That, and it, it made more sense to me. Yeah. But I, I still have a lot of family members that are of the Mormon faith, and I still love them. Mm. We still have, we have differences, but the love's yeah. still there. Of course. I was always, uh always pointed towards to towards God whenever things went south whenever mm-hmm. things didn't go my way or whenever I was troubled mm-hmm. my dad always encouraged me yeah mm-hmm. he, uh, he was a Mormon missionary mm-hmm. and the crazy stories he would tell me about when he was on a mission he even said that while he was going knocking door to door sharing his faith, that he had a shotgun pulled out on him. Ooh. And he told me, I asked him, Dad, what, what did you do? He said, I stood I stood, I stood, stood firm, strong in my faith, and I was ready to go if that was my day. Yeah, my dad is a, he's a strong man. Mm-hmm. I, I love that man to death. And he always encouraged me to always go to God. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, um, there's this Bible verse that reminds me of, of it, and it's Proverbs 22, mm-hmm. 6. Mm-hmm. It says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Mm-hmm. 
So my dad trained me up. Mm-hmm. My mom did too. Mm-hmm. She she had some part in it also. Mm-hmm. Grew up, mm-hmm. you know, grew up, uh, moved out of my parents' place and mm-hmm. rebellious, you know, <laughs> did my own thing. At what age? <clears throat> what age I, did you leave your house? A few months shy of 18. Wow. And then I, I went back to mom's house like, what, twice, was shot, uh, twice <laughs> after that, I think, to live with her. And then you're stuck with me. Yeah, then she met me. I traveled 500 miles to deliver my seed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, um, but yeah, that's cool. Um, I, my faith, I'd have to share. Uh, probably my mom was the one that shared with me. It's funny that how your dad influenced your faith. Uh, my mom influenced my faith. She was more uh, more religious than my dad, I would say. Although I was raised Catholic, um, it sounds like you guys were more into it because your dad was a missionary and my parents were, they were kind of lukewarm, I guess, Catholics. And then we just really didn't go to church. And then I heard the gospel like around 10 or 11 years old. And I don't know, it's just really, I was just hooked. And But I fell away too as a teenager. And I was probably gone away from the Lord for at least 20 years or something like that. And um, um, and then I got born again um, in 2013. And I started going to this church and I started going to men's Bible study. And that's where I would get fired up. And I come home, you know, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night after church on Mondays. <laughs> and I come back home fired up preaching and stuff. <laughs> and this was before my wife got born again, so we would have some battles. <laughs> we weren't seeing eye to eye. No, definitely not. There was definitely some spiritual warfare going on in our house <laughs> for like six months. Because then she got born again. Actually... This month is seven years. Because you got born again in 2013. Yeah, remember that? Yeah. Yeah, and then um, I actually got to baptize my wife uh, a month before we got married in February of 2014. It's okay. He didn't hold me down underneath the water for so long. Oh, man, I had a, I was tempted. He had an better. opportunity, but The water it. started bubbling when you got under. <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> Can you get away from me before you're stripping <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't me saying that. <laughs> it started to smell like caldo. <laughs> That's because you were in the same water with me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I put the spice in there. Anyway, so, but now that was really cool because, like, it was at the last moment. Like, I had been telling my wife, like, Aaron, they're going to have a baptism this Sunday. You want to go? And she was just like, no, nah. I don't know. And then Sunday morning, just like a, like, I don't know what. Oh, hurry up. We gotta go. We gotta go to church. I want to get baptized. Man, we, we, we disrupted the service. They hadn't done it yet, but we walked in in shorts, t-shirt, backpacks, towels. Everybody's just looking at us and we're just making a big old scene. And then we're like, hey, Aaron wants to get baptized. Yeah, you guys can go last. It's like, all right, cool. And I got a baptized my wife. That was really cool. That's really awesome. And then the next month we got married. And that was really cool too. It was like a 
I don't know. That was a really last minute kind of wedding. Why don't you share some details? Oh, my, my, uh, my wedding planner. You have to, you have to hire her. She's a gem. Her name is Miss Ginny. She is the sweetest grandma that you know, that you will ever know. She has the, like the older frames on her glasses that are really thick and black. black. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of look like, what is that lady's name off of the Incredibles? The little... Edna. Yeah, like her glasses. <laughs> and then this this lady, Miss Jenny, she has uh, kind of like a f- afro hair, but really, really soft. It's really so cute, well kept. She is the sweetest lady. So she helps me. She helped, she helped me plan our wedding in, I'd say, a month, month and a half at the most. And I was having a hard time figuring out what kind of song I wanted to walk down the aisle. I didn't want to do that whole, here comes the bride, you know, all dressed in white, cliche, normalized, kind of everyday walking down the aisle. I had to... I had to be special. I had to... I wanted something different. So... Extra. Bougie. (laughs) (laughs) So I was describing to Miss Jenny what kind of song I wanted. And she was just listing off the songs. Come to find out the song that I wanted and that I was thinking of was her and her, her late husband's wedding song. Their first song that they danced to as a married couple. We had a moment right there. We were Christian ladies at church (laughs) planning a Christian wedding. And she was the older lady giving me the advice. We were in tears. I'm so glad that we had boxes of Kleenex right next Mm -hmm. to us. But I love her to death. She, Without her, I would have been lost. Mm -hmm. Yep. True, Miss Ginny was was awesome. She really helped us out a lot, a yes. lot, a lot, a lot. We love you, Miss Ginny. Yeah, and uh, yeah, she's a. Uh, we met her at uh, Mesa Baptist Church. She was, um, she, I guess, she had been there, going there a long time. And uh, yeah, she helped Aaron a lot. And uh, there yeah. was other people too, but Miss Ginny was mainly the one who was like helping mm-hmm. Aaron orchestrate everything. I didn't know what I was doing. She knew everything. Yeah. I was just paying for everything and saying, yeah, and just show up, and show up on time and be in my tux and say, yeah, I do. And that's all I had to do. Yes. <laughs> and eat the, oh my gosh, the food at our wedding was awesome. <laughs> it was made by a gentleman who was a... a chef. A chef. Yeah. Um, last thing he made a lasagna. He made salad. He made this special. What was was it? Him or was it the other lady? I think it was yeah, the other lady who made the cake. Made the special punch, which was purple to my liking, and then yeah, that was good. She made the cake and dude, the cake was oh, Pompeii. Oh my gosh, what was in that? It was chocolate, but it was like. I don't remember what kind of chocolate it was. It was beautiful, too. I can't remember. I, anyway, I have all the details somewhere. Yeah, we have the pictures and stuff. You had to be there. Y'all missed out. <laughs> but even our honeymoon was cool. We went up to Sedona. 
And we were only going to do three days, but then I asked my work for an extra day, and they were cool, and they let me have another extra day. And mainly we just hung out, we ate, and we spent the whole time just driving back and forth <laughs> between Prescott and uh, our hotel in Sedona because we like driving through Jerome because um, I... I I, got, I think I mentioned this before. I like cars. I like driving fast. So, what? Don't hate me. Um, we were having a spirited drive through the mountains there. And it was really fun. And, I don't know. We had a great time. Me and my wife always have a good time. And um, it's never a dull moment. We've been together for 13 years. And we've been married going on 7-ish, 6. It feels like forever. <laughs> I got your refill of your drink. Yes, don't you. slap me. <laughs> Just don't poke me in the eye when you're talking with your hands. I I talk with my hands. Anyway, so um, anyway, any any final thoughts or anything like that? To the Navajo Nation, wash your hands, stay clean. Um. Stay at home if you can. Tell other people the same thing. Tell grandma and grandpa to stay home. And, Shema, uh, stay home. Yeah. <laughs> che, stay home. <laughs> and uh, we love you. And we're praying for you guys. Alright. So let's go ahead and finish this off with prayer. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for this interview. Thank you for this time. Pray, God, that if your word goes out and does not return to you void, I thank you so much for my wife and everything that you put us through. And we pray, God, that our marriage glorifies you, that our life glorifies you, that everything that we do. If we're not scared of all your threats, we will not run. We're here to stay. Uh, we fight lies with truth because Bible's tried and true.